Charlie and Wayne. I'm Aaron. And this is Paul. And this is Wayne. Well, Happy New Year, guys. Well, not yet. Well, I mean, but, you know, it's the Saturday before New Year's. I mean, we can do New Year's a little early, Paul. We can't. We can because you're premature all the time. Well, that's true. All the time. But that's not enjoyable. Well, (laughs) for me, it's fine. (laughs) For others, not so much. For others, less satisfying. I, I, I would think... That uh, the sooner it's over with, the better for your partner. That's kind of where, where I go. <laughs> Fair point. So maybe it's just a, a win all around. So on that note, Happy New Year, guys. <laughs> Good times. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, speaking so, of these exciting things, I have a surprise thing that I want to bring up to you guys. Uh-oh. Oh, you know, Paul, there's a lot of sexual harassment in the news right now. Is this? Do you really want to do the surprise thing to Wayne and I right now? Oh, yeah. I mean, because I got HR on speed dial. Oh, okay. Well, you know, you might want to dial them in because I'm about to get non-PC up in here. Uh, <laughs> sexual uh, harassment is not reported around here. It is, however, rated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 10. So His sexual harassment training was methods and techniques. <laughs> so this morning i woke up and i looked at my phone Uh and i you know i clicked open the the facebook and lo and behold i i found out that on january 24th at a local country rockin country bar um (laughs) there's going to be midget wrestling Oh, you gotta go. Yes, you have to. It's you gotta go. We need a report on this. Right? Midget Wrestling Entertainment. They have baby Chucky. The wrestlers dressed like Chucky. They've got a guy dressed like Steve-O. They've got one called Mad Mex, which I can I can only assume he's a Mexican. And Pinky Shortcake is, is the, the sole woman in the woman Midget Wrestling Entertainment. You gotta take the uh, Ideology of Madness video camera with you. <laughs> I think this is going to be a lots of hits on the site, Paul. I, I got to get uh, like behind it's, the scenes. Unlike the wrestlers, it will be huge. <laughs> huge. <laughs> <laughs> tickets available. Why do I have to buy tickets? Is this thing going to sell out? You know it will. It's $20. You know it will. Oh, I mean, you know, $50. Well, it's big. It's I will so tell big. you the thing that, uh, that uh, I have regretted my entire life, Paul. My entire life is that when I had the opportunity to see live nude midget jello wrestling, I didn't go. That's uh, it's not a way to live, Aaron. I know. I know. Yeah, why wouldn't you go? Because, you know, I was like, eh, I don't need that. <laughs> and I do. I do. It, yeah. is, it is a fundamental you were wrong. Miss- you definitely need that. It, it is missing in my life, Paul. And I am going to be on my deathbed someday going i wish i wish i'd seen the live midget nude jello wrestling i wish you know and i i will i will have died living an unfulfilled life well don't don't be me paul <laughs> don't be me well the bright side of things i know you don't have much longer but in that time that you do have <laughs> i'm sure midgets aren't going away so <laughs> Oh, nothing but love here on the podcast today. <laughs> well, you know, wow. it's we're still celebrating well, that Christmas spirit. You know, Paul and I were in New York two years ago. And we've told this story on the podcast many times now. But, you know, there was the <laughs> the flying midget strippers. Yep. 
there in Times Square that we did not go see. And really, when I think about it in retrospect, I think the reason why we didn't see it is that neither Paul nor I wanted to be the one to say, yeah, I want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> Though both of us were waiting for the other one to say, let's go do this. Yeah, that's totally the move. I could just see both of you standing there thinking, I, I want to go, but I don't want him to know I want to go. That's right. That's right. I think that's exactly what happened. I don't think we had enough alcohol in us at that point. I think that's no, we the problem. Didn't have- yeah, we know, I think we had like no alcohol in the Yeah, city. I think that was the first night. That was like right after yeah. going to the convention center and buying some right. Star Trek stuff. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no. Well, actually, I think we were, we were coming back from the cigar place. So actually, we did have a little alcohol in us, but clearly not enough. Clearly not enough. If this yeah. was ManCon, it would have been midget strippers. Oh, plenty. yeah. Oh, well. And, you know, if I win the Powerball, let me just say that, number one, first thing, first thing. I build a ManCon compound, right? Ooh, I like it. So it's ManCon, you know, every weekend, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then it will be staffed by live midget, uh, live acrobatic midget. <laughs> midget strippers who from time to time wrestle in cello. I appreciate that you clarify that they would be live. Like, yeah, because <laughs> I don't want it staffed by dead midgets. Or, or, well, zombie midgets or animatronic midgets. Ooh, animatronic you know. midgets. Like, it's a small world. <laughs> or the Snow yeah, White I mean, ride. I guess dead midgets are not my kink. I'm not Jonathan Landreth or something. No, right, right, right. Ooh, reaching way back in, in, yeah, in the way back, back machine. Right. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> so if I win the Powerball, I don't know how we're getting on this topic, but you know, I will be able to buy... All sorts of good geek goodness, even though I am flush with it after Christmas. I don't know about you guys. Are you flush, Paul? Well, I'm not flush. I'm, I'm like... Are you, are, you, are you so flush? Well, my office is flush, but I myself, uh-huh. in my heart, am not. Uh-huh. You, because there is a, a hole in yourself that you'll never be able to fill, try as you might, with all those fun co-pops. My, my heart is like the Winchester house in that it keeps expanding. Like new rooms keep appearing <laughs> to store shit in. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so what'd you guys get for Christmas? I got my Norm Brayfogle uh, black and white Batman. Oh, yeah. It's gorgeous, Paul. That's my It's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. No, wait. That's um, Randy <laughs> Savage. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> get your wrestlers right, Paul. Yeah. Um, I got that. I got a new luchador mask. Nice, nice. Very excited about my new luchador mask. So we're, we're going to pause here a second because I need to ask you something in regards to this luchador mask. Yes. So your wife supports the luchador masks, or was that she a friend does. gift? No, no, that was from the wife. Huh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like, Jen will buy me stuff, but I don't know that she would buy me stuff that I could potentially wear to embarrass her in public. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I think no, that's oh, her line. Sand seems to be all Oh, right. no, Paul, you've, yeah, you've, you've missed the purpose of the luchador mask. That's for him to wear during sex. Oh, good point. That's in the private. Yeah. 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 It's all about me, uh, you know, em- embarrassing her. So, you know, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, the, and, and it's it's gorgeous. I mean, I just absolutely love my, my, my new luchador mask. And I will also say uh, I got a uh, a brand new bottle of Whistle Pig whiskey and it's so good. Very so, nice. good. so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy with what I got this year for Christmas. Very cool. Yeah. How about you, Wayne? Yeah, I, I got the uh Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2 video game that I wanted, and first time in years, I actually sat down and spent almost an entire day playing a video game. Wow. Uh, it was really a Lego Christmas. I got uh, a bunch of Star Wars Lego kits. I got the 
Marvel Spider-Man and Ghost Rider team-up kit. I got uh, the Ghostbusters uh, Firehouse kit, the huge one. And uh, I also got a book. I had the Superman one, but this was the reprints of Batman Through the War Years. Oh, nice. Nice, hardback, you know, very cool. Nice. How about you, Paul? Well, I um, I got a bunch of stuff actually. I, you know, I I got those Star Wars centerpieces that I talked about on uh, last week's podcast. I think. Mm-hmm. I also got. Speaking of things that I can wear to embarrass, so I guess I shouldn't really be talking. Um, huh. I, I got a Star Wars Black Series Poe Dameron helmet, um, X-wing fighter helmet. So, um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So if you guys are not familiar with these, uh, if you're familiar with like the Marvel Legends line, they're kind of like the upscale figures. They also do like upscale reproductions of the Captain America shield. I have one of those. They have an Iron Man mask, a Thor hammer. Um, They've got a couple of those. And Star Wars has a couple of them as well. I have the Kylo Ren helmet, and now I have the Poe Dameron helmet. And um, if you... You know, it has an on button that if you, you know, put it on your head and, you know, put the on button on, it'll play like X-Wing sounds, um, like surround sound in your ears, like you're in an actual X-Wing and BB-8 is talking to you. Yes, it is. It is rather sweet. That is nice. Yeah. So that's that's a pretty cool gift. I'm, I'm liking that one quite a bit. So, yeah, it was a very Star Warsy Christmas. Like, if you looked under the tree, it was all Star Wars and or Under Armour clothing. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes nice. Star Wars Under Armour clothing. So, I mean, it was, it was go. yeah, it was, it was good. I, you know, I had a, a very good Christmas. Very good. Yeah, I, you know, I, uh, Suzanne always fusses at me about how many uh, T-shirts I own. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I own a ridiculous number of, uh, of geek-related T-shirts. What geek doesn't? And... and uh, <laughs> But she bought me three new T-shirts. Oh. And I'm like, you can't fuss at me about all the T-shirts I own if you're going to continue to buy me T-shirts. <laughs> well, she will fuss about you about the ones that she didn't purchase for you. I yeah. think that's yeah, right yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. <laughs> but she, one of the ones she got me, and I love it, is, uh, is uh, an image of Zod from the Richard Donner movie. Mm-hmm. And it's got Neil under it. Love it. Nice. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. one thing that I wish I had known about ahead of time yeah. and I would have and it would have been on my Christmas list is I didn't know that King Kong is coming to Broadway. Very well, like, he's he's a song and dance ape. Uh, I mean, at heart, he's a song and dance ape. I, I, I would actually like to see this King Kong on Broadway show. <laughs> I, how does that work? I think it's you know, I think it's more about the people. But the images I've seen, there's like a giant I shouldn't say animatronic, but like puppet king kong you know like they have those giant um dinosaur shows Uh or you know it's it's like you can't really see the puppeteers um i'm assuming this king kong works much the same way and it's pretty impressive impressive because that's a word um right impressive the uh the king kong that i've seen assuming it's the same one it was it's it's actually a show that premiered in in australia and now they're bringing it to broadway yeah i've seen some pictures from the australia one and it does look really impressive yeah so i might have to check it out it's a, it starts in november 2018 i'm going to be down in new york next year actually to see um the harry potter uh and the cursed child broadway show uh that premieres uh, next year as well um but this king kong i don't know maybe i i need my giant ape fix i need a good, i need something good king kong because lord knows i haven't had a good king kong movie in forever well, I, I wish I could argue with you about that. <laughs> Sadly, I think the last good Kong movie was what, what, 1979? 
Yeah. yeah and even then, I like, I like it, but it's debatable, right? I mean, it's... Oh, I love the, the Dino De Laurentiis. Uh, oh, me too, uh, but I think a lot of people don't. I wonder why, because it's a good movie. You didn't like King Kong Lives? Um, I know. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, I, I kind of like Kong of Skull Island. But but I recognize the problems with the movie. Yeah, I, I, you know, you know? I think Kong of Skull Island is a visually interesting film. Exactly. But it, other than that, it's rather boring. Yeah, which I is what I which is what I would say about Last Jedi as well. I think it's a visually interesting movie, but rather boring. Yeah, I don't remember what year it came out, but I really enjoyed uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the the Jap the Japanese film like yep early seventies late sixties yeah yeah. Yeah, but I said I don't remember what year, but it's sometime around that time frame. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny that you bring up Last Jedi, Aaron, because I was reading today that Disney has made their money back on their Star Wars purchase already. Yeah, of the four billion dollars that they spent on buying uh, Lucasfilm, uh, they have made it all back with uh, receipts so far on Last Jedi. Yeah, that's that's you know that's a pretty damn good investment. Yeah, no oh. joke. Paul, I watched uh, that first episode of The Toys That Made Us. Oh, did you? With the one about the Star um, Wars toys? Star Wars, yeah. Yeah. That's a fantastic documentary. Isn't it? I was I was impressed at the, the depth of documentarian footage mm -hmm. and uh, loved I, – I, it is amazing to me how what could be seemingly mundane, you know, production of a toy line, yeah. right? Uh that it could be so interesting. Uh, I, I was just, I was amazed at how interesting that was. Well, and that uh, George Lucas declined to be interviewed. Yeah, they actually put that in there that he declined. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would, that was fantastic. Yeah. I think even though you were not um, into the, the the particular toy line, I think the He Man episode is is the most interesting and the most fun. Like there's there's a lot yeah. of good humor in that one. Um, that's my favorite episode of the bunch, and it left me wanting more because obviously these are very focused on the toys um, right. rather than the television shows and the movies uh, because, you know, there's a lot of talent um, mm -hmm. behind that TV show, the, the He-Man TV show, like J. Michael Straczynski and, and folks right. like that, that I would have loved to have seen them talk to, but it was very specific to the toys. Well, I just, the Star Wars episode was just lovingly produced and I, I'm, a, I, I hope they do more because I'd love to see them do more, uh, more toy lines. I'll have to give that one a watch. I mean, I never got into the Star Wars toys growing up because I, to oh, be honest, man. I didn't see Star Wars until I was in high school. Well, I, so. you know, I, I remember that first Christmas where there wasn't anything out, you yeah. know, and when it started coming out in May, it, it was so alien to parents to be buying you toys when it wasn't Christmas time, you know, because, you know, back in those days, you didn't really buy toys except birthdays and Christmas time, right? You know, it's not like it is today where we're just consuming all this stuff year round. And I remember just browbeating my mom to take me to the toy store so I could buy action figures. Hmm. So I but I, I mean, I it just it took me right back to that time because, you know, like I remember the first time I saw the commercials for the uh, the uh, TIE fighters. Yeah. Right. You know, the, that, that your action figure would fit inside of. Um, you know, with the wings popping off of it and whatnot. And I was just like, oh, I've got to have that right now. Take me to Toys R Us. <laughs> to the car. My, my big toys will be when they get around to doing a Transformers episode. I believe that's, that's what I had growing up. Yeah, I believe that's coming in first quarter. I think the next four are inclusive of a Transformer episode. I need a Micronauts episode, Paul. 
I think we should just film it ourselves, Aaron. I, I, I'm pretty I sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it'd be relatively inexpensive to produce such a thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I would love to see the. I, I would love to see a, a documentary on the superpowers toys and the secret wars toys. I would because those those were storylines in the comics that were that were motivated by the toys. So I'd love to see. You know, it was, it was all designed to sell toys. So I'd, I'd love to see a documentary on those as well. You know the the toy biz toys. So in the early 90s late 80s i think um toy biz got the marvel license um yeah. you know and so what they did is they produced these this line of action figures of pretty much all the marvel characters they had gray backgrounds on the gray gray card backs um with like a blue line along the top really popular toy line you know i remember them fondly of my youth so probably more 80s than 90s actually probably more mid to late 80s um and so I, I I don't know if you guys have seen this, but I think it's Hasbro has uh, started reproducing figures with reproducing those figures. Yeah, oh, I've yeah. seen the Captain America and Spider-Man one at Toys R Us. Yeah, I got Captain America, Wolverine and Punisher for Christmas. Um, Does the Punisher come with a gun? He comes with many guns and an angry face and a not ang- and a, well, a, like a sullen face and an angry face. Did you see that uh, Marvel is producing an app where you can draw your own Marvel comic? No. You can bring in – it'll have uh, pre-populated backgrounds and you'll be able to um, essentially create your own comic with like cut-in figures and whatnot in different poses. Oh, that's fun. And they, they really – it does. It sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like something I really would have enjoyed when I was a kid except – that there is this huge uh, legalese document about things you can't do with it. For instance, you can't have your Marvel superhero uh, making any noises from their body. So no farting Captain America, right? Uh, there is to be there is to be no uh, you know bearing of of bodies. So in, up to and including no bare midriffs. You know, so you can't have naked Ms. Marvel. Um, I mean, all these things that you cannot do with the app. How can they prevent that? Well, I think that some of that stuff won't let you manipulate the image. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, but I, I'm curious to see when it comes out, but I think it's a great idea, you know, because I, I don't know if you remember or not, but uh, way back in the day, they used to have these things called color forms. Yeah. Right? Where you had like a uh, a uh, plastic background. So like, for instance, the one I had was uh, a, a an image of New York City. And then you had these little, you know, plastic uh, – uh, figures like Spider-Man, the Green Goblin, Dr. Octopus, Aunt May, that you could place around it. So you kind of create your own little scene. And so this yeah. is sort of a, di- a digital version of a color form set. Yeah. I, just, I think that's I had, uh, I had those. I had the magnet version of that where you, uh-huh. it was basically the same thing. And I had a uh, comic book creator software, but they didn't have – you know, Marvel or DC licenses. They had all right. these generic heroes they had created that were ripoffs, but not <laughs> close enough of a ripoff to be sued. Hmm. So it was Super Fella, yeah, and Spider Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. But I was just really amused by the, the, the it, even up to and included in, in the legalese document. Paul said you cannot feature any amusement park. Other than a Disney park in your uh, that's in hilarious. Your yeah, I was I was dying. Even though Marvel's even though Marvel is in Universal Studios, but right. that's it's that's that's rather funny. You know, since we're talking about Marvel, there are a couple of big Marvel things 
that kind of crept under the radar this week. I don't know if you guys knew about, um, you know, the Marvel solicitations came out for March, I guess. Yeah, March. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they cleaned house this week. Yeah, but besides clean, I mean, they, they, they canceled a bunch of titles. Yeah. And um, in addition to that, Dan Slott is beginning his final arc on Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, I will be happy to see new talent on Amazing Spider-Man. And Slot has written some really good things. He's written some things that I've hated. But it's time for someone new, a new voice on Amazing. Yeah, he's ending his arc with Amazing Spider-Man number 800. Um, the, the current rumor is that Nick Spencer will be taking over for him. That's a good that's it. I like Nick Spencer. He's a good writer. I haven't read a Spider-Man book in forever, but uh, Nick Spencer is fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. You know, I, I will probably pick up that final arc. The rumor is that it could involve undoing the one more day storyline. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Or something to do with it. Probably not undoing it. Um, so, Paul, any major t- out of the uh, titles that got canceled, anything that anyone would care about? Eric, not really. Yeah, not really. <laughs> except one thing that folks you know, didn't really notice was that Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. apparently, it was is canceled. Um, you know, what what happened is that, uh, or the rumor is that Guardians of the Galaxy was canceled due to lower than expected sales, which is crazy to me that in a move in a year with Guardians of the Galaxy, the comic could be so bad (laughs) that it would that it would lose sales. Um, But, you know, that 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 book has been off the rails since Bendis took it over back in the Black Vortex storyline. I mean, that I'm trying to like this Jerry Dugan stuff, but I'm just not. Yeah. 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 It's the comics aren't nearly as good as the movie right now. And even the uh, the video game, Marvel Super Heroes 2, the Lego one, is a huge Guardians, you know, feel and presence to it. I mean, you start off playing a Guardians level. And even that is so much better than the comics right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah the comics are just – they just need to – they need to to reassess the Guardians and kind of take it back to to something more in line with what Abnett and Landing were doing. I know you can't do the same thing. You don't want to retread that wheel. But they need to reset it to what made it great and what the, the movies were based on. Don't base it on the movies. Take it back to what the movies were based on. Yeah. Well, so what has happened is, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy 151 through 155 had already been plotted and and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. Um, And we're heavily involving the Infinity Gauntlet. So um, even though the title itself has been canceled, basically the arc has been retitled um, and and solicited under the name Infinity Countdown. So whereas I thought this Infinity Countdown was like a big crossover that they were planning to or something like that, it's it's instead the, the arc... Um, that was originally planned for Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, just, you know, with a, a new trade dress. And I'm sure, and with it being called Countdown, they're probably building up to a big Infinity War crossover to coincide with the movie. But this arc um, was originally going to be part of Guardians of the Galaxy, which hinders my my excitement for it. Huh. That being said, I will still probably pick up the first issue because it's got freaking Adam Warlock in it. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I want to see what, what what's what's up with Mr. Warlock. Well, yeah, you got to check in, right? Yeah, I mean, he hasn't called me yeah. in a while. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Ever since Jim Starlin couldn't couldn't do his story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking um, of characters we haven't seen in a while, Hawkman has been found, Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. 
What, what, That's what, true. You seem unexcited about the Jeff Lemire, Brian Hitch, Kevin Nolan, Hawkman found a Dark Knight's tie-in book released this week. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't mean to be to be harsh when I say this, Paul, but uh, Hawkman found um, you could have left him in the in the lost bin, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. I, because this was a steaming pile of crap. I, I hated this thing from the jump. It yeah. was so bad. Of course, it's a Hawkman book. And, and you know, I really want to like Hawkman. And I keep I, I keep going back to that well because I think, I think it's a beautifully designed character. It's just so poorly written. And I, I just thought this, this book was a mess from beginning to end. Well, and to, to the point about what you said, uh, I think it was last week, about how you don't like storylines that are in, in the character's head. That's basically what yeah. this book is. Yeah, that's all this book is. Yeah, that's this, all this book. Is. So I'm I'm gonna put a, a spoiler, and unfortunately Tim's not with us, so um, I'm I'm just gonna tell you guys that it's a bit of a spoiler to say. Oh that, wait, wait, wait! I, I can do this. Okay. <laughs> spoiler. How about that? Oh well, yeah, that seemed more like a hairball <laughs> than a, than a spoiler tag. Um, but I will go on record early in this pod. Well, early in this podcast, we're like halfway through already. But I want you guys to know that this was a shit week in comics. <laughs> um, okay. So. I, I really almost I, I pretty much didn't enjoy most books that I read this week. We'll get into one that I enjoyed later on. Um, but Hawkman found was was garbage. Um, now, I will say Brian Hitch partnered with Kevin Nolan on inks. That is a good art team. Yeah, I thought the book looked good. I just couldn't bear the story. Yeah, the story is is um, it's just it's not it's, I don't really understand what's going on. It's all because it's all in his head. Like it's right. It's well, and there's 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 no inter- there's no logic to the story because it's back and forth and back and forth, and again, it's all in his head, and it's a dream, so nothing has to make sense, and so it's it's just this kind of barrage of nonsense, mm-hmm. and I, I just think that the the talents that were applied here would have been better spent elsewhere. Yeah, it's 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 pretty much incomprehensible. Um, I completely I, agree. You know, th- this is at the end of Dark Knight's Metal number four. We saw that Hawkman has taken over as the Forge, um, you know, at the 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 like the I don't know the center of the the dark multiverse, and so this is basically what's going on in his head, you know, now that he's become that that Forge, and so I don't know, it, it was bad, it was it was pretty 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 bad. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, not as bad, but not quite great either. Was Doomsday Clock number two? Yeah. I thought this book was was pretty disappointing. It continues my trend of disappointing on the title. You know, so I read this book twice. So Aaron and I talked about it a little bit the other day. And so I reread it with, with a, a different eye. Right? And I was like, maybe it was just my mood. And I will say this is the book upon the second time. I realized it is very, very Alan Moore. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and I think, uh, you know, I, Jeff John's name is on the cover. So I'm used to Jeff John's crossovers like Blackest Night, Doomsday, not um, Dark Side War, um, you know, uh, and, and those types of stories where they're yeah, you're used to crisis. things happening. I'm used to things happening things in every happening. issue. Right. I'm used to to big, big ass excitement, sweeping hope and and super heroics in every issue. And that's not what this is. This is Jeff John's doing his best Alan Moore impersonation, which is to say there's not you know, it's not necessarily going to, you know. You're not going to have necessarily big, sweeping action sequences, epic action in each issue, but you're going to have a shit ton of Easter eggs. 
mm-hmm. um, because you know, upon second reading, I didn't realize upon first reading that the amusement park that um, Ozymandias and Rorschach crash in is the amusement park from Killing Joke. Right. Um, you know, there, there's a reference to the Dominators in this book, you know, that, that invasion crossover yes. from the 80s. Yep. I mean, there's all sorts of little Easter eggs that I didn't catch the first time. Um, I, I I didn't dislike this book. I need to be clear on that. I think it's a well-crafted book. Yeah. I feel like I felt like it was very procedural. I yes. felt like, you know, we're in order to get to C, we have to go through B. And that's what this book felt like. There were things I enjoyed about this book. Like, you know, anytime uh, – the mime and whatever her the other woman's name is are, are on the page. I think those book those pages are dynamite. Um, I really enjoy those villains. Yeah, me too. You know, uh, I, I, they, they 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 speak well together. <laughs> pun intended. Um, <laughs> I, I I think that uh, Gary Frank does a beautiful job drawing the mime, and so you understand what he's getting at. You know, I think that a a less talented artist would have a real challenge. Uh, visually demonstrating what the mime is trying to communicate in a panel. And I, I think Gary Frank does that just extraordinarily well. Um, I love the flashback sequence with the mime. Yeah, absolutely. In the bank. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I thought that, I thought that was great. Yeah, I, I did. I, I thought that was great. And, <laughs> you know, they're trying to open up the vault and, uh, you know, she cuts the uh, bank manager's uh, tip of his finger off and she's like, okay, how do we get in the vault? And he's like, Handprint. <laughs> Someone get me some thread. Uh, I, I, I thought that was great. One of the things that drove me crazy about this book is, you know, uh, some people write about food and they don't really understand food. And uh, let me just say that Alfred never, ever would Alfred uh, take a plate of pancakes cover them up in syrup and then stick them under foil and leave them on the counter for Bruce Wayne. Alfred would never do that because you're going to ruin the pancake with all that syrup while it's sitting there getting cold. (laughs) And you can't heat that shit up in the microwave without it just turning into a gummy mess. Alfred would never do that. I am thinking that this is not Alfred who did this. I think this is some mirror universe or earth X Alfred (laughs) who's out to murder Bruce Wayne. Perhaps, very much perhaps. <laughs> um, I did like. I mean, there's some things I like about this book. So, like, there's the scene where Rorschach is sitting in Bruce Wayne's library after having eaten Bruce Wayne's breakfast, right? Yeah. And you know, realizes that there's a draft coming from under the clock and figures out the entrance to the Batcave. This is one of those things that I that I I rather enjoyed about the book. But again, there, you know, we had some really big set pieces. In the first issue where, you know, I came out of that and I know, Paul, you did as well. We were like super jazzed and excited. When I finished this issue, I was neither jazzed nor was I excited. I, I would say. So, oh, go ahead. I say, if you remember, I was disappointed by the first issue because I thought it felt like a zero issue and not the start of the crossover. I enjoyed this one a lot, but again, disappointed that nothing had happened. I really enjoyed some of the character moments, though. Mm-hmm. I love the uh, Veet and uh, Lex Luthor conversation. Mm-hmm. And I liked everything, like you said, with the mime and all of that. I still just want more. I want something to happen. I want, I don't want us to go through the entire story arc only to find, you know, Dr. Manhattan at the end. 
that's what I'm afraid is going to happen is that this isn't going to deal with any of the Dr. Manhattan stuff, isn't going to deal with any of the the time being stolen from the DC universe. It's going to spend the entire miniseries building up and then they find him in the last issue and it'll cut over to the new crossover, whatever it'll be. Yeah. That's my fear. I, I you know, I, I would fear that, but I don't think that's what the, I think this is Jeff John Jeff Johns. Um, for for what it's worth, I feel like this is Jeff John's uh, victory lap. I, I, this reads to me like um, this is how he's going to end a lot of his... Uh, he may not... I don't know that... You know, they haven't announced it, and we're still a year away from the end of this arc. Um, but I just... I, I would be surprised to see Jeff John still writing comics after this. And that's what it reads like to me. This is him, you know, subtly int- you know, telling you what's in continuity, like the Dominators, yeah. like the Killing Joke. Um, yep. You know, bringing in the Watchmen, you know, and, and I think like I, I feel like as much as I expected something different, I feel like something different would not serve the story well. And, and the reason I say that is that this is, for better or worse, a sequel to The Watchmen. And this is paced very much like yeah. Watchmen. And if, the, I, if I, Jeff Johns had brought his his Blackest Night game to this, I feel like it would be out of place. Yeah, yeah I, I was expecting a big DC storyline, and this is a big Watchmen storyline instead. Well, and I think it, I think it turns into that later on. Yeah. But I mean, like I said, it's procedural. We're we're we are you know you're building the math, right? You know, to you're 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 setting those foundations as you move towards something that will be more DC centric. But right now, the stars of the book are from the Watchmen universe. Um, I I I I don't disagree with you, Paul. I, I think you're I think you're exactly right that it's just the pacing of the story. You know, I think Watchmen itself reads better as a complete graphic novel versus a, an issue by issue. Absolutely, I think this is going to be the same thing. I think I think the you know you're 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 reading a second chapter, uh, and hoping for for a larger set piece in it, and that's not how it's going to read. You're going to have to to read it like Watchmen in in one big. Uh, one big sitting. Um, I, I, I'm still excited about it. I just was, I, I didn't get what I was hoping I would get out of this issue, but I understand why I was given what I was given. I would be surprised if we're going to get another big set piece before issue four. Um, I, I feel like this, this is setting up for a rather conversation heavy issue three. Yeah. Um, if you're, if it is uh, a three act structure, you're absolutely right. I think that the conclusion of act one will be at the end of, of chapter four. Mm-hmm. Now, I do think we'll get more action next issue since we had the uh, the big surprise ending on this one. Yeah, but I feel like those are both leading into conversations. <laughs> That's for me. I feel like we're going to get conversations um, next. You know, we're going to get Batman talking to Rorschach. We're going to get the comedian who I, I'm not buying that. That's the actual comedian. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but I'm just like, ah. I think it's the ah. cancer in his brain. Yeah. I yeah. think it's the cancer yeah, in Ozzy Mandias' brain. Yeah. Um, you know, affecting him. That's that's my thinking. But I, I so, mean, I didn't not enjoy it, um, but it is, I, I have to put, it, it's much like, much like any Alan Moore book, I need to be in the proper mindset. Yeah. So, Paul, uh, I was not looking forward to Detective Comics 971. Okay. Such to such an extent that I did not read Detective Comics 970 until this week. Um, because I cannot abide the antagonist in this book, which is the victim syndicate. Mm-hmm. I hate, 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 hate the victim syndicate. Um, but I gotta say, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I and, think I had the advantage going in of not having read anything with them before. 
Yeah, I, I got to say, I felt like uh, 970 and 971 were uh, much better books than I anticipated them being. And don't get me wrong, I've really enjoyed this this run on Detective Comics. You know, I, I think that uh, James Tinian IV is doing a fantastic job there. I just don't care for the victim syndicate. But I, I got to say, I was pleasantly surprised by, by this book. And I got to say... What's going on with Clayface breaks my heart. And I think that's why I had such a hard time with this book. You know, I mentioned at the beginning that this was a shitty week of comics. And I don't want to say that this book was shitty, but I really didn't enjoy it. And it's because, like, I, I, I'm, I'm sad at the turn they've taken in Clayface. And, yeah, I guess that's the point, right? It is affecting me in the in the intended way. Because it is. It is heartbreaking that, you know, we, we have this hope for Clayface and, you know, we, go, we have grown to like his character and his redemption arc since DC Rebirth started. And, it, and it's all coming crumbling down here. And I'm like, why? Well, just give so, him a happy ending. I was really curious about that for you guys. I haven't read any of that. I have no idea what's going on with Clayface. I don't know what that that looked like a bracelet that he had yeah, had that it was taken off of him. It's what is him. going on? The, the little bracelet thing that, that he wears, you know, that stays inside of him essentially helps him control his darker side. Um, he's got like an emotional problem or something that makes him go dark. And uh, it's been helping, you know, Basil, the nicer version of Clayface, stay in control. And so what they essentially did is they they built they they beat the conditioning out of him to make him turn dark again. Um I, I, it broke my heart. I've really enjoyed the nicer version of Clayface. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I you know, he, I, I thought he worked well on the team. I, I hate, I hate that he's, you know, gone bad. But I will say, you know, there is the, uh, there is the conversation between uh, uh, Batman and Clayface at the very end of the book where, you know, Clayface is standing there being all mean and whatnot and, uh, you know, Batman says, I won't let you do this, Basil and uh, Basil and uh, Clayface says, then you shouldn't have taught me how to fight. And, you know, he's got like a big mace that he's made in one yeah. hand and a big club in the other one, or a big hammer in the other. And, you know, they they did. They spent a ton of time to, in, the, in these books teaching uh, Clayface how to fight. And I just think it's wonderful that, you know, that's coming back to uh, haunt Batman. Um, there is one line in the book that just tickled me to death. And it's, it's when Batman has locked down Arkham Asylum and he's going to take on everybody in Arkham Asylum. And the bad guy says, but don't you see Batman, you're going to have to fight all of us to win. Every guard on, on shift in Arkham tonight is one of ours. You think you can take down a hundred of us? And Batman says, yeah, so let's get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> and then like two pages later, everybody's knocked out. <laughs> it just cracks me up it's yeah, so ridiculous it, it cracks me up yeah i found it really interesting watching uh cassie's reaction to uh i guess orphans her current name but cassandra yeah how she is so worried about clayface and like, i was missing all the context of that but just seeing her character like that really worrying about him that told me that this was something that had been seriously built up yeah no, I I gotta tell you, they they've really sunk their hooks into me with Clayface, and I just I hate it. I I just hate it. I mean, and that's the point. Great, but kudos, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, kudos to to James Tinian the fourth. He he got me. I mean, I love this version of Clayface, and I want him back. I don't know how he comes back from this. 
Yeah, I don't see how it can, you know, and I, but, yeah. or maybe he does and then just goes away. But yeah, yeah it's, uh, it, it is, it is a heartbreaking story. And I think that's where my enjoyment of it was like, ah, oh, but no, that's not what I want to see. I want to yeah. see a happy ending. Yeah. 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 So face. I picked up, um, a book out of the ordinary for me this week. I picked up Wonder Woman number 37. Um, so I, I don't know if, I, I don't remember if I talked about it on the podcast, but, um, I dropped out of the, I think it was the Greg Rucka yeah. run on Wonder Woman pretty early on. You know, it started in DC Rebirth. It started off strong, but, um, you know, I think you were fatigued by the every, the, the every other story, right? Yeah. Not only that, it was another one of those, like everything, you know, about Wonder Woman is wrong. Right. type things and I'm like ah Jesus Christ so I you know I, I popped out of it and I I repopped in with issue 31 um now issue 31 was the start of Twilight of the Gods um and the reason I picked it up is because it featured the return of Darkseid's daughter and so uh the storyline started there that Grail who's Darkseid's daughter um and the baby Darkseid last seen in Dark Knights uh, metal number two I think um, you know, if, if if you haven't been following for a while, at the end of Dark Side War, Dark or during Dark Side War, he died and was reborn as a baby, and so it, you know uh, he is Grail has him now, and so what is happening now is that Grail is looking for old gods, and um, and the baby Dark Side is feasting on their life force, um, the old gods' life force, and as he does, he he is growing into a full grown man. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll start, I'll spoil a little bit just because in the first issue, um, the, the first victim that we see is Hercules, um, sons of Zeus or, you know, daughters of Zeus, um, are being hunted and, and Darkseid is replenishing his power that way, um, by hunting these, these sons and daughters of Zeus. And as we know, a Wonder Woman is not only a daughter of Zeus, but as established in the Darkseid War, also has a twin brother. Uh, and so, you know, throughout this arc, we have uh, gotten to know her, her her twin brother. She finds her twin brother finally. His name is Jason. Um, he lives in Greece. And so, you know, we, we get to meet his character. Um, and, you know, things kind of have come to a head over these last couple of issues as um, Grail has 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 brought Darkseid to, to the forefront. You know, he is now um, uh, in his teens after feeding on, you know, the life force of the of, of the other old gods. And um, what we have in issue 37 is Darkseid versus Zeus. And, uh, you know, I'm not I'm going to try not to spoil it, but just by the very nature of the, the cover, um, it, by the end of the issue, Darkseid is fully reborn or actually probably about halfway into the issue. Darkseid is fully reborn. And I got to say, you know, I, I picked up because I, I, I did not read this story consecutively. I think I read issues. Actually, I think I read the entire arc last night. I started, I read issue 31 when it came out, but hadn't read anything since. So I read the entire arc last night. I really, really, really enjoyed this. Um, if you enjoyed Dark Side War, which I know we had some mixed reactions to, um, I think this is a, a good successor to it. Um, you know, you learn a lot more about Grail. You get to see baby Dark Side in diapers. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually been a really enjoyable storyline written by James... Um, Robinson, um, with a, a couple of different artists, but the art has been pretty damn fantastic. Um, and I really enjoyed this week's issue. Darkseid being my favorite villain, it was great to see him fully reborn. And after now, I think it's probably been about two ish years 
since the end of the Dark Side War. So, uh, you know, seeing him fully reborn, curious to see where where that goes next. But um, rather enjoyed the the Wonder Woman book. So I'd recommend checking it out if you're if you're into the New Gods stuff or if you enjoyed that Dark Side War storyline. I'll pick that up. I meant to pick it up when you told me what it was about earlier in the week, and I just forgot all about it. Yeah, it, it very much picks up on every story thread that was outstanding from Dark Side War. So, That's cool. Yeah. Well. Well, Paul, yes. you know, next week, next week is the funnies. What? Is this what our ninth annual funnies? I think. Eighth annual funnies? Ninth. Eighth or ninth? Something. Ninth. Like that. Last year was ninth <laughs> or eighth. Yeah. That's crazy time. Wow, our ninth yeah. annual Funny Book Awards. So, you know, actually, but we should probably say that if you guys want to contribute to the funnies with your choices for best anything of the year or worst anything of the year, you should uh, leave us a comment on iomgeek.com, tweet us at Ideology Madness, hit us up on Facebook at iomgeek. Um, Instagram at IOMGeek or call the Ideology of Madness hotline at 972-763-5903. That number, once again, is 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. And I I will correct myself. This is the 8th. Last year was the 7th. Um, so the categories that we're going to be discussing next week, we're going to be discovering, discussing, discussing, <laughs> suffering succotash, uh, favorite supporting characters, favorite villains, favorite heroes, holy shit moments of the year, favorite writer, favorite artist, favorite cover, favorite limited series or original graphic novel, favorite comic book related TV show or, and favorite comic book related movie favorite comic event or crossover, favorite new series, and favorite ongoing series. So if you have any suggestions, hit us up. We'd love to talk to you. We would. We would dearly love to talk to you. Because we don't like dearly. really talking to each other. We, 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 need some new, we need some new fresh blood. That's right. That's right. That's true. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Paul, I hate that guy. Ugh, can't stand yeah, him. Yeah, he's terrible. He's terrible. I don't like him. All right, guys. Well, you guys go out there and make it a great New Year. Stay safe, and we'll see you right back here next week for the funnies. And don't forget, if you haven't caught it already, there is a brand new episode of Rainsboro on the feed right now. It's part two of A Very Rainsboro Christmas. Be sure and check that out. Woo! Woo! Happy New Year, everybody. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.